I'm Martha Velando, Chief Marketing Officer for Forever Mark. Welcome to our podcast series, The Power of a Diamond, which aims to inspire our community by featuring some of the brightest minds who will share their diverse knowledge and experiences across various industries. Hi, I'm Anaya Richards, writer and travel expert, and today I'm delighted to be joined by American fashion photographer and filmmaker, Sophie Elgort. Hi, Sophie. Hi, Anaya. How are you doing today? Good, and I'm so happy that I'm here talking to you. <laughs> I know, it's been so long that we've known each other, and it's been amazing for me to watch your career grow over these last few decades. I was trying to think back when I knew I would be interviewing you. When was the first inkling, if I saw anything, did I think that you would become this amazing photographer, this, this force in the creative arts? And when I look back at photos that you have with your dad, I always see it in there. But what about for you? When was your first inkling that you wanted to become a photographer? Well, I always did it, as you know, as a hobby. So I always had a camera around and I would take it to school with me. And I'm sure I took many pictures of you over the years. And I always loved the whole part about dressing up and creating scenes. And, you know, I would even have like my birthday parties would be photo shoots. That's true. And I loved the hair and makeup and the styling and the clothes and every part about it. And I think I never thought too hard about it as a job because I just enjoyed it so much. So... Honestly, I don't know that I really started thinking about it as a job until actually something that we did together when we were working on this project, you know, Aliomi, when we were working on the e-commerce startup sort of back in, when was it, 2009? But I think it was sort of out of necessity that the brand needed pictures and I was the one who was always taking pictures And at that point, I was just doing it sort of to help out and also for the free clothes, obviously. <laughs> But I think one of my favorite first pictures was actually of you. And it's still one of my favorite pictures. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's amazing. And initially, you thought about taking a different route, which I'm, I think would be seeming so crazy to other people because you're from a family of artists. Uh, could you tell everyone a little bit about that? So initially, I really wanted a path. I didn't know what I wanted to do when I, you know, quote unquote, grew up. And I felt like at school, in college, sort of had a path and had an idea about what they wanted to do. And I was in an acapella group. <laughs> a bunch of the girls in the group happened to all be pre-med. And so I was listening to them, you know, talk about their plans and how they knew exactly what they were doing. And I was like, well, that sounds nice. They know exactly what they're going to do. Like their next, you know, 20 years is mapped out. I remember one of them writing down on a napkin for me, what courses I would need to take in order to successfully complete pre-med mm -hmm. and it had it on the napkin and I signed up for the courses and I did it. And I didn't really think much about it. And I thought, well, at least I'll have a plan. If I don't decide I know what I want to do, I can always go to med school. And so that was sort of the path that I was on. That's amazing because knowing 
the way that you work now, and sometimes people say with the arts, they're not sure about the plan and the route. You've always been not only very driven, but had a plan about what will lead you to the next step. And do you think that could have been when you were pre-med, the idea of that and always wanting to have that plan? I think I've always wanted to be thoughtful about what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. whether it's now the project that I'm taking on or who I'm working with, or, you know, what's next in my career, I've always wanted to be quite thoughtful about everything and not just go from thing to thing. And yeah, I mean, I've always sort of wanted a plan and sort of wanted to know what's coming up for me. Nothing else has felt hard since that was the hardest thing ever. That's amazing. In terms of the plan and knowing what you want to do next or have these goals, how has that evolved into your identity, your voice as an artist? I think it's just continuing to develop, just like you said. It's really realizing that you know you don't need to stay stagnant. You just keep doing it and improving upon yourself as an artist and a creator. And you have new ideas. And of course, you have your style that you're known for. And I think you can keep pushing that style and keep seeing where it's going to go. And I think that's one of the most important and exciting things about being an artist is really you don't necessarily know what's next. That's completely true. And in terms of evolving into film and filmmaking, how has that transition been for you? And when did you decide to make that small pivot? I think it kind of happened out of necessity. You know, when the industry like five to 10 years ago, everyone started wanting video content for their websites, also social media. And I think people wanted to get it done all in the same shoot. And as a photographer, I started getting asked, oh, well, do you also shoot video? Mm -hmm. Can you direct a film? In the beginning, I was a little bit intimidated by it because I had never really done it before. But then I started playing with it and realized that the way that I sort of direct my subjects when I'm shooting is not stagnant and not posed. And I create these scenarios Mm -hmm. and have them moving and while I'm talking to them and creating an experience or an idea. And that's sort of how I shoot the film, which is the same as I shoot stills. So it all came together. I just had to get a grip on the equipment and the technicality of it. But other than that, I think it's super fun. And I love the aspect of it that you can really tell stories in motion. It's so interesting to me when you said at the beginning, you were a bit intimidated by it. Because for me, a big change in my career when I became the fashion director at Observer Magazine. And remember when it was proposed to me and I discussed it with you, you said, well, we can figure it out. You can produce a photo shoot. And I had never done it before. And when I'm not sure about something, I know that I can go to you and you'll give me that confidence. Like you can make it work and obviously love to see you applying it in your career and giving yourself that same boost and same confidence as well, that you're very much a person that you can throw something at them and you will figure it out. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. I think it's important that matter what your career is, I think being able to sort of figure things out and make things work on the go. It's, you know, when I first started my career in photography, I knew a lot about it. I had taken, you know, additional lighting courses and courses in, in photo after graduating. And, you know, anytime I sort of needed to supplement my knowledge, I would do that. But still, I remember there were a few shoots in the beginning where I realized like, oh, my God, I can't get this light pack to work. Mm-hmm. And I would rather than panic and cause a problem in the middle of the shoot, just have to like figure it out on the go. 
And I think it's very stressful, but I think if you can do that, you'll definitely learn how to not be intimidated as much by anything. So I remember in the beginning, there were tons and tons of days where I was like, so stressed, you know, underneath, but I talked to these people later. And I'm like, I don't know if you remember, but on that shoot, the light had smashed on the floor. And I I didn't have one. And I had to (laughs) reset up the whole lighting. And a lot of times people don't even notice like if you keep your calm, and you just act like, you know, everything's fine, and you don't make it someone else's problem. I feel like people don't even notice. That's so true. It's the idea, fake it until you make it. (laughs) And and that confidence definitely goes a long way. That's so true. Even in terms of your partnership with Forever Mark, I've seen an evolution in your career from the initial portraits of women that you did, we'll get into later, because that's such a strong part of your brand empowering women. But then photographing jewelry. How is the idea of gold diamonds in particular? I've heard they're notoriously hard to photograph. Well, once again, I went into it sort of thinking, well, I can definitely figure it out. (laughs) And I was excited about the idea of the collaboration, as you mentioned, all about empowering women. So I did some research and spoke to people and looked up about shooting jewelry and learned a lot about how to make a diamond reflect and how to make it look good on camera. And one thing I learned, which was like a really simple tip, is you have to reflect something white in the diamond to make it look more brilliant. So you say you have like a white board, Mm -hmm. even like a, a white piece of paper or something, you can just hold it near the diamond or near the person wearing it, and it will reflect that making it look more sparkly. Whereas if you don't do that, who knows what it might catch in the room. Ah, So that's something I learned. That's super cool. Do you Um, recommend people do that for their engagement shoots on social media? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, especially those ones showing a ring or something. Just play with what it looks like if you hold something like a white piece of paper or something sort of obviously not in the camera frame, but nearby look what you can do with that, like kind of moving it and seeing the different reflections. And it will make a really big difference. And like the way that the light catches it, it will be huge. So I think, yeah, definitely play with it. Everyone on Instagram now, you know, there's so many people that love showing their jewelry. Mm -hmm. And especially like in weddings. Exactly. I'd photographed diamonds and, you know, in editorial shoots, but I hadn't done it as the main product is the diamond. And so it really has to look fantastic. And I wanted to be able to make it look as amazing as it does in real life. I think sometimes that's what you really want to be able to capture. And then with Forever, Mark, you also did these amazing portraits of women. And that's something that I've seen a lot in your career. Can you tell me about some of the women that you photographed for them and how you connect with them on set? Yeah, so we did this amazing project a few years back, and it featured six women, including Rosario Dawson, Janet Mock, who her career has blown up, but now it's like so crazy. I've been loving following her career. Uh, Ballerina Violetta Kamishan and Dr. Niami Wilson. And she is an amazing surgeon, actually. So that was such an interesting experience. And she had never been on a shoot before. Oh, wow but she was fantastic. And then the stylist, Christina Ehrlich, she was photographed for it as well, which was cool because they kind of wanted to show like the people behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And then they also asked me to do a self-portrait, which was really fun. Definitely like challenging because I was, you know, shooting all day. And then I remember having to like 
change and put on diamonds and do a photo shoot of myself. And I remember Rosario Dawson was coming next. And I was like, Oh, my God, I need to be finished before she comes because I do not want her to see me like totally decked out. And she's like, Oh, my God, what's going on? You know, but she was so sweet. She showed up early, of course. And she saw me and I was like, trying to explain myself. And she was so funny. She was like, just you go girl, like, you're, you're great. You're looking great in front of the camera, you know, and she was totally encouraging. But yeah, meeting all these different women who do different things and, you know, are really women who empower other women was really special. So I loved that project. That's really great. And how do you work with someone who maybe have never been photographed before? I know sometimes you do models on photo shoots and sometimes they're easier to direct. But what about someone like the doctor that you said had never been photographed before? Do you love that? Is it depends on the person? It totally depends on the person. I always think it's pretty fun because I love meeting interesting people who do all different things. So for me, you know, getting to talk to a surgeon was super cool. And I had a million questions to ask. And I really think that that's a big part of it is making your subject feel at ease, just being able to have a conversation, learn about them, make them feel confident and make them feel like they're doing a really good job, even if it's something that they haven't done before. And you're just going to get a good result from them if they feel good about themselves. And I think the last thing you want is to start getting stressed and for them to know that you are not getting what you want. It should never be their problem, in my opinion, especially if it's like celebrating women. It's like, let's make these women feel amazing and look amazing like they do in real life. I would definitely say so. I think most of the time, my favorite photos are the ones that you've taken of me. And um, I think that there's a warmth to them and someone can tell like the interaction that's going on behind the camera. And I've seen you bring that forward on photo shoots as well. So that's awesome to see. And a different setting outside of a studio. I know that you've done other wildlife and landscape photographies with a family trip. Were you guys in Rwanda? and that you photographed a Botswana trip with Forever Mark. Yeah, so I was in Rwanda in 2016. And then this past year with Forever Mark, I had the opportunity to travel to Botswana and do pictures there, much more sort of environmental and wildlife pictures. So that was an incredible experience. And I also got to see so much about where diamonds come from, who the people are who are working on it and the surrounding communities. I got a great chance to sort of have free reign to talk to people, to do portraits. And then, of course, I also got to see preservation efforts that Forever Mark are doing within that area and just a lot of different amazing things that I never would have had the chance to see before. And it was really eye-opening. That's incredible. I love seeing other parts of your photography with your trip to Botswana with Forever Mark. And you were able to photograph people in the mines. You were looking at landscape and animal photography. How is that different from some of your more usual shoots in New York or in a studio or on, on set rather with people that maybe have never been photographed for that are trying to get about their work and then absolute wild cards like animals? There's so much about it that was obviously so different. But at the same time, there was a lot that ended up feeling very similar. So, you know, the way that I shoot um, subjects on set is I really like to 
be able to catch them in their element. And, you know, oftentimes I even start shooting while I say I'm doing a lighting test or something just to be able to catch somebody doing something that they maybe wouldn't do in front of the camera, which is, you know, ends up being the most amazing moment because they're caught off guard and they're not posing and they're not self-conscious. So when I was in Botswana, and especially, you know, when I got to photograph portraits of people when visiting the mines, I always asked permission first, but then a lot of the times I would likewise capture them in their elements. So, you know, I think it ended up being a really cool experience because then, of course, I would show them the pictures and, and they would get excited and I got to really talk to them and see how long they've worked there and what they're doing and really hear from them about like what they're proud of and just more about them themselves. And then also get the opportunity to to capture them and their personality on camera. So that was really cool. Um, in terms of the wildlife and the animals, I remember we were in a car, in a vehicle, um, and I saw this group of lions and it was absolutely incredible. But the car isn't actually, it's actually kind of open. It feels open. And when you're looking through your lens, you're photographing and shooting, you know, you're like, okay, you know, it feels normal you know, there's like a barrier between me and these lions. And then all of a sudden, when you look up from your camera, you realize that they're really right there. They're right next to you. But it's funny because I'm so used to looking at people through a lens that it felt so normal for me, even when it was like I was looking at, you know, these complete wild animals on the other side of the world. And so it didn't feel like I was really there half the time, you know, and then all of a sudden I'd realize, oh my God, like maybe I'm a little bit nervous that I'm so close to these lions, but the pictures really came out great. And I think in terms of photographing the environment, I think, you know, one of the things that was so, so special about it is really seeing how magnificent nature is. This world exists at the same time that we are in our world. And so, you know, what Forevermark is doing, you know, protecting this world so that it can exist forever is really, really incredible and really special. So I was glad to be able to be there to capture this beauty so that other people can see it and, you know, perhaps also care about protecting forever a little more. That's amazing. And in terms of what's going on in our world, how has it been dealing with COVID and the idea of shooting? Can you explain a little bit about the different ways that being a photographer is going to change now? I did a shoot early May mm -hmm. for a magazine based in Mexico City, which is doing very cool work. They are doing virtual photo shoots of different people in their world, in their area that are making a difference. I got to photograph a Mexican actress. And of course, we had to figure out how to do it virtually. So it was incredible. I mean, she was at her house in Mexico and I was here. We connected on two phones, one that I could direct her on. So it was a little closer to her. And then the other phone that we used as the camera, I had my computer hooked up to a big screen where I am. And that camera was then projected onto my big screen and I was able to photograph my screen and capture the pictures. It was such a crazy experience. We were looking through the lens of the camera. It was a similar feeling like you almost forget where you are. And sometimes I forgot that I wasn't there. That's incredible. Yeah, we're so far apart. But at the same time, I'm looking through a lens and I would have been looking through a lens anyway there. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the time I felt like we were in the same place. Yeah, the power of technology. It really made me think about it because I thought it was going to be 
such a disconnected experience. But instead, we really developed a very cool relationship while we were shooting for the few hours. <laughs> I really got to talk to her almost live. And of course, there were technical difficulties where we would have to figure out another method. I shot a few of the pictures through FaceTime, but then the bandwidth wasn't strong enough sometimes and it would be pixelated. So it was a really cool experience. And I'm really happy with how the photos turned out. So that's definitely a cool thing to have done and to be able to do while we're not really able to travel and be in close proximity with others. The other thing that I've done is a shoot for a kid's line where they sent me the clothes and pictures of how they should be styled with all the props and everything. And I shot them on my daughter. <laughs> and also the most work I've ever had to do on a shoot because she is not easy, let me tell you. Really? Why? Why do you say that? She's like the most diva model you've ever met. She'll stand <laughs> for you for one second and then run away and laugh. And you'll have to just chase her around <laughs> as she's laughing. And then you try to like change the outfit and she'd be like, nope, not going to wear that one. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, your dad is a photographer and one of his books was about photographing your family. Are there any parallels? Were you like Stella when you were younger? I think it's different doing it for a photo shoot where you have to get a certain outfit. Mm. That book I love and I would actually love to do my own version of part two of that book one day because I think it is such a wonderful book and it has so many great tips for parents or even it's just like a great gift. But he always photographed us very much in passing. So it was never like we had to stand there or had to pose or do something. He always sort of captured us in our elements, whether it was, you know, walking down the street or we sat down on a stoop to tie our shoelace. That was a picture. It was all, okay, no, here's the moment and I'm going to capture it. And that's the shot. You used to have those of your daughter, Stella. Stella thinks she's a stylist. She wore a dish towel this morning as a skirt. <laughs> But I think it's actually amazing because we're going to look back at it and that's going to be the really unique moments is capturing her in her element, which is just like everything else. Exactly. How do you think photo shoots are going to change like on set photo shoots? I've heard people are shooting with long lenses so they don't have to go too close. Interesting. Which makes sense. Or, you know, the photographer is wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. I've spoken to some hair and makeup artists that I know and they have not only a mask, but then also a massive face shield that they wear. Yeah. People are trying to make it work in whatever way they can and in different ways. So whether that's doing a virtual shoot or sending people things and having them do a shoot that they can produce on their end or, you know, whether it's sort of a social distancing type shoot. I saw one that was done in Women's Wear Daily of somebody on her rooftop, and it was amazing. And apparently the photographer shot it sort of from far away with a really long lens. So I think it's just having to change with the times a bit. And mm -hmm. I honestly don't know when things will go 100% back to normal, but I do think that people are finding ways to make it work. So we'll see. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And hopefully we'll get somewhat back to normal soon. And, you know, there's that idea of the camaraderie of being unsaid. And I think people are definitely craving that. Yeah, I think one of the things that's hard is the travel portion of it is going to be slowed down for a while. And you know about that more than anyone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When are we going to be able to travel again to the shoots or even just travel again for fun or to see loved ones? Yeah. It's been hard and a lot of communities are hit by it. And you also want to protect communities that you're traveling to. And sometimes those tourism dollars help with things like conservation efforts. So it's a hard balance. It's very hard. You don't want to not support your local businesses or you don't want to not support, you know, communities that you like to travel to. 
but at the same time, you want to be safe and you want to keep them safe. So yeah, it's just, it's very hard. Something that I was thinking about when you hear forever, Mark, you think a diamond is forever and the idea of being forever, especially nowadays, I think people are beginning to realize the lasting power of images and images and visually being lasting forever that the internet sometimes never lets things die. So do you consider that when you're photographing something for whether it's a brand or whether it's for your own portfolio and shows and a book, the lasting power of it? And if so, what's the message that you want that comes through your photos to last forever? For me, I think it's all about creating work that you're proud of. And that, at least in my case, work that I'm proud of, I feel like represents who I'm shooting. And I want that person to feel good about it. I want other people who are seeing it to get something out of it, whether it's joy or an emotion or they feel inspired. Mm -hmm. I think it's more to me than just like a fashion image and to almost feel like they can jump into the image and be there. Yeah. Or they can get to know a person through the image. And I actually recently was shooting a campaign with Lafayette 148. They do this campaign called Unordinary Women, which I've photographed for them for the past couple of years. And they get incredible women as their subjects. And one of them was um, painter Amy Sherald, who did the portrait of Michelle Obama for the National Portrait Gallery. And she was on set and actually she had her mother on set with her, which was so sweet. We actually did some outtakes of her and her mom together too. But one of the things that was probably one of like the biggest compliments I've ever, ever received on set from anyone was from her mother. And she didn't even say it to me. She said it um, when I was out of the room. And then the producer told me later, but she said, you know, I've never seen images of my daughter that truly represent her and her personality, like these images. And that to me is my goal. That's my purpose. And I felt so honored that she felt that about the pictures, like her own mother. Yeah. You know, to be able to really share somebody's personality, because you don't want to make someone seem like they're someone they're not. I think that to me is not what I'm trying to do. Absolutely. And the lasting power of that and the pride that people take in your images that you've given to them. It's absolutely a gift. And then you mentioned about being inspired. Who are some of the photographers, icons that inspire you? Oh my gosh, there's so many. There's a lot of women photographers that I love and I look at their work all the time. And there are certain ones that are working photographers now, like... Ellen Bunnonworth. I love her. She's got such a great style and it's joyful and feminine and cool. And, you know, I've heard she's a, such a joy on set and just truly loves what she does. And I love her images. I can see that in all of her images. And then there's a photographer like Sally Mann. All her major photographs were of her kids. And I love what she does. I think she's a remarkable photographer. And then Photographers like Nan Golden and Corinne Day, pioneers. If you look at a lot of modern images now, you've seen their work. You you don't wonder where they get their ideas because they've copied these women who've come before. But there's so many amazing women photographers. And I think it's actually interesting because they're becoming more and more women photographers. But 
there are a lot more men photographers still, a lot. Mm -hmm. But if you actually look and you look at work sort of lensed by women, there are so many incredible talents and people doing amazing things. So my main inspirations are really women. And what about your advice to like the next generation of female photographers or the next generation of photographers in general? It's defining your style. It's finding what you bring to the table. That is your unique perspective. And I think it takes practice to get there and to develop like we talked about before. So I would say have a camera. It doesn't have to be your big professional one, but have a a camera that you can bring around that you think that will take great pictures and have it around. Or you know what? As far as I'm concerned, it can even be your phone. I think anything that can take a photo is great. And it's what you choose to capture. So take around your camera and practice and capture things that you think are interesting and start seeing at the end of a couple of weeks what you have and what have you chosen to capture and try to start there. And that's how you start developing your style and continuing to build a portfolio. Because if you take even one great picture every day, mm-hmm. imagine how many great ones you can have You know, by the end of the week or the end of the year. And then from there, you really start seeing patterns and you start seeing, okay, well, this is what I'm looking at. This is what my pictures represent. This is what I stand for. So it's really just doing it. I mean, you can read about it all you want, but like, if you don't do it, you're not going to get better. Yeah, absolutely. That makes complete sense. And you're always involved in paying it forward to the next generation of photographers, historically through your organization, through our lens. Can you tell us a little bit more about the organization and how you inspired these young women creatives? Yeah, you were a board member of it. Such a special project that we were doing. And I hope that at some point after all of this is behind us that we can pick back up again. But the way that it started is for everyone else who wasn't a board member of it was that uh, our mutual friend, Carolyn Pride, she came from a nonprofit background. And we were always having open talks about the state of especially the fashion industry, but also sort of Hollywood, noticing the lack of diversity in front of the lens, but also behind the lens. And so we decided that whoever's behind the lens really has a big say on who's in front of the lens and has a big say on the stories that are being told. And we thought, well, what if we can put more women of color behind the lens? Isn't that a great place to start? And shouldn't we start them while they're young? So we decided that high school was a good age, and we started through our lens. And basically, it's a program of high school age girls who are passionate about photography and fashion, who want to get the tools and the access and some of the skills that they need to sort of break into the industry. So we would take them on field trips for New York Fashion Week and get to go to shows. And then they'd get to photograph people on the street and do some street style on the way and into factories to see where things are made and get to talk to designers about their process. And so we tried to sort of give just like an all over vision of what the industry was like, almost to encourage these young women to get involved and to start young. And some of them are incredible photographers that we've worked with. They've gone on to great schools to study photography. And some of them, it didn't really matter that photography didn't end up being their thing. A lot of them got other things out of it. So went into either design or interior design or discovered something else. 
So I think that was a really, really cool project. And I really, as I said before, I hope that we can continue to do some good work once we're back in the world and able to see people again. Yeah, I think that it was definitely an inspiration because one of the biggest things about the arts is even what you mentioned about being pre-med was people aren't really sure about the set plan. And sometimes parents are afraid if you're going to go into the arts, if they're not familiar with them, because what's the plan? And to be able to start them young and give them different options that this is what you can do. And this is how you can make a business out of it, which is something that's been especially inspiring about you is because your art is your business and you don't find that you have to keep them separate. And that's something that it's important for the evolution of the industry and for people to continue to be able to make art. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, something I've realized is I was so lucky because I had a family of artists that I grew up in. So for me, it always seemed like something I could do. And I understood how it worked. Mm -hmm. And I was encouraged right? Whereas you just said, most parents wouldn't be as encouraging of a career in the arts. I think one of the reasons we started it was because I realized how much access and how much experience I had had from such a young age. And I really think it's important for other people who wouldn't otherwise have that access and experience to have some type of head start like that too. Absolutely. Well, you are such an inspiration. And I know it's always great for me to chat with you like privately (laughs) and I'm happy to be able to share your story with so many more people for them to be just as inspired as I have been. Sophie, you're an enormous inspiration. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much and thanks for having me. It was great chatting. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Power of a Diamond. If you have enjoyed this episode and would like to find out more, please head over to our website, foravamac.com. Thank you.